when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome to Trolled, the podcast that takes your online Twitter experience of being trolled and turns it into something positive, exciting, enhancing, empowering and ultimately moving but hopefully funny. Today my guest is Femi Oluwole. Femi was born in Darlington, he went to school in Dundee, he grew up in Bromsgrove in the Midlands. He studied law with French and began a career in European human rights working in Brussels but he gave it all up to come back to the UK and to try and stop Brexit. He's the co-founder and chairperson of Our Future, Our Choice, the youth campaign for a people's vote. Femi, I've seen you so often on your videos um, that it's brilliant to meet you in the flesh. But first things first, your accent, I could listen to all day, every day. Where's it from? (laughs) Uh, I refer to my accent as fucked up because I was born in Darlington, grew up in Dundee, Swansea, Birmingham. Uh, My parents are Nigerian and I watched way too much Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when I was a kid. Uh, So much so that when I was nine, it was a lot worse than this. Wow. Um, One of our co-founders actually heard me speak in a video and he watched it. It was like, Femi, are you an FBI plant? (laughs) So, yeah, <laughs> it I love was it. Um, I guess the first question I would say is how did you because this is this is a podcast about mm. having strong views on Twitter, particularly yep. and dealing with being trolled. Mm-hmm. It's something that I have experienced at great length mm. recently. And I suppose what I'm trying to do is show people that their uh, troll trolling happens, yep. how you deal. Well, we'll see as we go along. Yep. How did you get introduced to Twitter? So I started Twitter because I was originally just on Facebook um, and Facebook took up a lot of my life. um, And then I realized I had to get involved in Twitter purely because of Brexit uh, around about February 2016. So quite late on into the... Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a late arrival to Twitter. In February 2016, I had 20 followers on Twitter. Wow. Um, And I told myself before that, I'll never join Twitter because if I join Twitter, given how much of my life Facebook already takes up, Twitter would take over my life and I'd have no life at all. I was right. <laughs> well, this, this is the problem. Um, but early on, uh, you, so you joined Twitter in 2016 with a specific with a specific intention, is yeah. that correct? Yeah. Um, well, I, my, my account was made in 2011, but I never used it. I had like 40 tweets total between 2011 and 2016. And then, yeah, I moved on to Twitter like more religiously to, because uh, Facebook was an echo chamber. Everyone there was my friends and uh, I'd either convinced or already agreed with me. So there was no not really any point. If I wanted to do make change the national conversation, I needed to use Twitter. And 
What do you remember? Out of interest, before you were using it for that, what was one of the first tweets that you hmm. tweeted about? I think one of my first ones was a response to the Game of Thrones finale from, two, <laughs> from a couple of seasons ago. Um, it was when the Hound had to fight Brienne of Tarth, and I just used the gif from Godzilla saying, let them fight. <laughs> oh, we, you and I could discuss Game of Thrones for hours. <laughs> we'll move on to that. that another point. So then you started to use it seriously in, in, in 2016. And what was, do you again remember, what was the tone of what you did? What were you, what was, what did you post? Just explanations of the basics that the politicians weren't giving us. Like what's the single market? How does EU immigration work? All the, all the basics that we either weren't told or we got lied to about. And so I just tried to explain them as simply as I could. And you know so much about it because? Uh, I studied law um, and I specialize in EU law. And then I worked in Brussels for about two years and then Vienna for another almost a year. So EU law is bread and butter for me. Um, and uh, if there's something as basic as the single market isn't getting explained, I mean, even the BBC, I had to, I had to go on the Twitter rant to, change their def- to get them to change their definition on their website in October last year. So that's the BBC not knowing what the single market is two years after the Brexit vote. Not okay. And David Cameron had five months to explain it. I can explain it in 20 seconds. Making rules together means you don't have to make 28 different versions of the same product, which lowers prices and improves standards of living, means that the UK is a good place where you can create jobs to sell stuff across Europe, which stops being the case if we leave the single market. Boom. That's the, twi- that's the single market explained in 20 seconds. David Cameron had five months and didn't bother to do it. So I started making videos explaining that stuff and so forth. What was the reaction to you beginning to tweet? And did you, did you have a particular strategy or did you just think, I'm just tweeting out when I have a message? Um, my strategy was uh, follow the hashtags because if you don't tweet when if you if you've got like twenty followers and you, and you don't follow the hashtags that are trending at the time, you're just screaming into into darkness. Nobody will see it. So I um, I followed hashtags to make sure that my stuff would be visible, and then I just gradually over time by so twenty followers in February, about hundred followers by October, um, and then how many have you got now? 134,000. Incredible. I mean, incredible. So anybody listening to this that feels that they have a strong opinion on, on something, should you, can use social media, Twitter, yeah, yeah. to get your message out. What was the responses to your messages? Uh, at, the, at first, uh, it was just the general, it wasn't really that personal. It was just, um, okay, we'll debate the issues. Um, does it, does Brexit, can Brexit, will Brexit hurt us? Will Brexit make us poor? Is it, are the lies about immigration true? Blah, 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 blah. And it was more or less pretty straightforward. Obviously, it got worse and worse towards the actual date of the referendum itself, but more or less okay. It's gotten worse since then. Um, the more, I mean, it's gone from, okay, this is just the internet, there'll be occasional bad stuff, to today, I get abuse every minute, um, for racial abuse every day, two days, um, threats of violence every couple of months, and in February last year, somebody posted my home address online. Oh, otherwise known as being docs. Yes. Um, wow. Um, what would you, how would you define a troll? I define a troll as somebody who's not there to change your mind, but who's simply there to um, either... Because they, they, may, they may stay at a point which somebody could theoretically argue, but if they're saying the same point, knowing that it's been defeated already, but they're simply saying it to keep that message going, mm-hmm. then their aim isn't really to, ch- to um, have a conversation. Their aim is to just simply keep saying what they're saying to basically wear you down and to also spread, the, spread a message regardless of whether or not it's true or holds up. Um, so either they're being abusive or their arguments are circular. 
I've noticed that in order to discredit my voice on speaking out um, against racism, anti-Semitism, misogyny, I am discredited through smears, smear campaign. Mm. I don't know what I'm doing. Have you experienced the same thing? Yeah, uh, a lot. A large part of it, um, it'll either be. I mean, the obvious one with an accent like mine, it was. It was fair. It's easy game. It's um, you're not. You're not British. Blah blah blah. blah um, that sort of thing. Otherwise, it'll be um, who's funding you. That sort of thing, mm. which is the standard one. I started. I started to have fun. In, fun with that yeah, because yeah. It, it, it was. It started off being. I mean, I went on Katie Hopkins, and that was an absolute train wreck of an interview. Um, and basically, she just kept asking me the same question over and over again, and I kept repeating it to the point that I stuttered and blah blah blah. blah. What was her question? Uh, who's funding you? Um, so, oh my god! Yeah, um, and so we went in there for an interview about Brexit, and then it was like ten minutes on funding. Um, uh? And I'm not an accountant, yeah. um, uh, so I gave the best answer I could. Um, we've raised well since now we've raised about 70k just crowdfunders, and then other groups give us money as well. Um, but the thing is, uh, because we've explained it so many times, I've kind of gotten bored with the question, so well, I started having fun. Yeah. Um, so I do include the link to our explanation of our funding, but I always include uh, as a quote tweet uh, just various people that could possibly be funding us. So, for example, have you? I've said that. David Hasselhoff funds us, <laughs> the Jonas Brothers, uh, Jesus himself. Uh, I once I said that um, Kim Jong Il funds us, and that's because he's so evil, even death couldn't stop him. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <Yeah. laughs> um, what's the inference? Who do they think funds you? Uh, they're 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 saying that um, basically. Uh, the idea that rich elites or um, Soros oh, or Soros, oh, Soros they yeah. love Soros. They, they love Soros. Basically, everything um, that everything progressive in the world must be funded by Soros. Mm. Uh, I've, I've said before how Soros's wife must be looking at the, all the all this news, saying, "You spent how much?" Mm. Exactly. <laughs> Soros is like the new blood libel, isn't it? Like the the, the, the Jew Holocaust of either is actually a Nazi bringing. I mean, it's, yeah. it, incredible. If you had to sort of define your trolls, mm. is there a certain um, characteristics that would define them? Uh, well, along with the, the who funds you, it would be um, it would be stuff like uh, you are a slave to the elites. You are um, being condescending or calling us all racist. Basically, they will try and mischaracterize your argument. My entire thing is. I am just a guy who studied a topic that we were being lied to on a national level on, and so I felt I had to get involved and speak out to make sure that nothing bad happened to the country. And I recognized that people on the Remain side were not experts in EU law, and neither were people on the, on the Leave side either. In fact, you can't have make an informed decision as to whether or not you should leave the single market when most people don't know what the single market is. Um, and so I make the point that no, one side wasn't uneducated, one side wasn't racist. Yes, there were elements of that involved, but you can't tarnish a, an entire side with that brush. But they will try and say, oh, you're being condescending, or oh, you're calling us all racist, or oh, you're calling us all thick. Um, and so they'll try and mischaracterize the argument to make things more inflamed so we don't have a productive conversation. Do you have the same people again and again and again, or would you say there are a multitude of different people? Have you built up relationships with any of these trolls? Um, a couple of them, yes. Um, but I mean, I try to be very careful as to who I identify as a troll. Uh, if, 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 I, if I've identified them as a troll, if they bring back the same arguments which I've already defeated several times, then I know that they're not trying to have a conversation. They're simply trying to make sure that their already refuted point just gets out there mm. and they're not actually looking for a conversation. Whereas people that 
they the conversation evolves and I, I next time I go back to them the conversation will be slightly different because they've taken on board what I've said and I've taken on board what they've said that sort of thing those people I wouldn't classify as trolls they're just genuine people who genuinely care about the country um, but wow the, do you have people that listen to what you say yeah that's <laughs> yeah. incredible you, you've really managed to troll a wrangle because uh, I found mm. a lot of tr- well maybe mm. that's the definition mm. that mm. you've managed to do very brilliantly is that a troll is one who doesn't want your argument doesn't mm. want to have to yeah. challenge their thoughts but then I found that often you 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 know one goes to great lengths to prove a point, mm. which they then come back and ignore completely, and then say, "Yeah, but what about? Yeah, yeah what that, about me? That's that's the that's the problem we've got. We've got these parallel conversations. Um, you, if you don't speak the language of the, I mean, I I often start many of my speeches in like universities and stuff by citing uh, Ricky, Ricky Gervais who once said that Brits when we go abroad we're crap in terms of languages we will go to a French restaurant and we'll say do you have chips if that doesn't work we'll say a bit louder do you have chips if that doesn't work we'll smash the place up content to the knowledge that we've tried our best <laughs> we do not do languages well and so if you go to somebody who voted to leave and you start waving an EU flag in their face you start speaking in terms of European values blah blah blah, blah stuff that they don't personally identify with you are speaking a different language you are having a parallel conversation that never crosses and you won't actually make any progress so you've got to go to where they are that's why when we tour the country and we speak to brexit voters we ask them what did you want from brexit they'll say primarily they'll say sovereignty but they'll speak of control and so all right i'll look at all right you wanted this amount of control uh, right now we have three times the voting power of the average eu country that's the level of control we currently have this deal we've negotiated which is brexit means that we copy the rules of the EU but have no say in them. And when you ask a normal Brexit voter what they think of that, they think it's disgusting. If you vote for more control and get less, you're going to be pissed. And so we say, all right, your best way to get as much control as possible is to stay in the EU, actually turn up to vote, because mm-hmm. we had a turnout of like 34% in the last European election, so we didn't really... Well, in 2014, we didn't show up to the European elections and then complained two years later that we weren't being heard. So if we want to actually make a difference and have some control, the best way to do that is to actually vote and take take, take advantage of the fact that we are one of the most powerful countries in the EU. And so if you speak on in their terms, you're more likely to have a productive conversation. When you put this out there mm. in, your, in your rational and uh, clever way mm. and very funny, and mm. um, I think the thing is you're so engaging, what are the things that people will come back and block it? Because it sounds completely reasonable to me. What, where does it turn nasty for them? It'll it'll turn nasty. I mean, one one good example is when you back them into a corner uh, that their only way out is to be nasty or to say something that is nasty. Um, I won't name names here, but I recently went on a on a radio show with somebody who um, said, "Well, we wanted to control immigration," and I said, "All right, um, what?" Well, citizens from EU countries make up 5% of our population, but they make up 10% of our doctors. So as far as immigration goes, they're literally keeping us alive. And, and, so, that, and so the, um, the radio host then said, well, uh, I'd much rather have um, be, be treated by somebody who was trained in this country. So um, I then <laughs> put that out publicly. Um, and the, the anger at that level of xenophobia was not something that person tolerated and now they've kind of blacklisted me from that radio station, but it's necessary. I mean, like I said, if you corner them into the point where the only way out is to say something that's not particularly good, mm-hmm. that's that's ten, that's essentially where they go. So what I find interesting about people like you and other guests that are going to uh, have been on this show is that you didn't set out to go into having a, uh, being an activist, to having no. a voice, did you? Uh, well, I mean, my career was EU human rights, so advocacy was always, always my... Um, 
my my passion, my my thing. Um, but I didn't think I'd be on national politics. Exactly. I mean, I, I speak French. Um, I'm, I, I have a background in EU law. Domestic policy is not something I've ever really known much about or been an expert in. But I've had to crash course myself over the pa over the past three years. I I was not an expert on the Northern Irish border. Nobody was. And so I've, everything I've, I say about that, I've learned in the past two years. Twitter is a, it can be a very useful forum to getting a message out. Mm. And I think a lot of people who have strong opinions are, are either side uh, are very scared of, of going on because they don't want to be trolled. Yeah. What advice would you give to people who are scared of putting a voice out in any way for the backlash? Um, it depends how far you want to take things. If you want to, um, not that sound arrogant, if you want to get to the level that I'm, that I'm currently at, you have to accept that you're going to um, face that because right now the political discourse is just so fraught and so aggressive that you have to make a decision. Are, are you going to put your face out there? Are you going to show who you are so they can actually make comments that cut deep? Um, or are you going to remain more or less anonymous, but then there's a problem with remaining anonymous? Um, make that decision. Uh, and if, and if, you, if, you, if you do make the decision that you want to put yourself out there, accept that things are going to happen. It shouldn't happen, but it's the world we're currently living in. Do the comments cut deep? Um, the ones that... Uh, thing is, I, I, I try to be... I sh one of the things that I try to do is I try not to just talk about Brexit. I try to show as much of my personality as possible because I know that people don't trust... Because if I just talked about Brexit, then I become an agenda. Yeah. Um, I'm not a person. People don't trust agendas, and so I try to show as much of who I am as possible. So there's a lot of material out there for people to grab and, and twist and use against me. Give me an example. Uh, well, as in, like, I'll, I'll say my views on a, on a wide variety of issues um, from... Uh, TV shows to uh, feminism to um, uh, racism, basically as much as I can possibly put out there. And I'll put, use personal anecdotes for things that have happened in my life. Um, and I mean, like I said, somebody posted my home address online. Um, How do you do? I mean, what happened with that? With, the, with that, I it was it was a catch twenty two. Um, I reported it to Twitter. Um, I. Uh, I, I tried to call the Met Police. They had me on hold for 40 minutes. Um, and I couldn't use, despite having a platform, I couldn't use my platform to take this guy out because uh, it would just simply draw more attention to my home address. Um, and so I couldn't really deal with it until I managed to get him to delete it. Uh, How did you manage that? Uh, by calling him out for having done it, but without actually linking to the tweet itself. Um, and so when he realized that he was getting backlash for having done it, uh, he then deleted the tweet, but I still had the screenshot from having done it so I could then advertise without, but obviously editing out the actual yeah. offensive information. And I, yeah, I was able to call him out that way after I'd gotten to delete the tweet. Do you, um, do you answer your trolls or do you tend to block or mute? Uh, again, it depends on what you, do, what you call troll. If, if I've designated somebody as a troll, then I'll only answer them if, it, if I can find out something funny to say about them. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, if, if they're doing the Who Funds Me thing and I can just say, um, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but if, um, if they're... One of the things I've tried to do is to answer as many opposing views as possible over the past three years. And the reason why I've done that is not only does um, it mean that everybody knows that if they do leave me a comment, it's likely that I'm going to actually respond. And right. so it makes my engagement rate go up, which means that I've, had, I've been able to grow as fast as I've grown. But also it's practice. Um, I, I, I've now taken, I've now dealt with possibly every single Brexit argument you could possibly have that when I go on TV and go up against some politician, I've already dealt with it before. 
So I, I have the answers in my head. So the trolls are quite good practice. Yeah, it, it's it's literally the Obi-Wan Kenobi thinking, if you, if you strike me down, I'll become more powerful yes. than you ever imagined. Do you know, I totally agree. And that does seem to be the common denominator of people that mm. um, have a voice on mm. Twitter and aren't frightened to be heard, mm. uh, is that the more that we get struck down by our trolls, yeah. it, it is it, the more uh, discipline and voice we find. Exactly. If you don't run away, you're there for the duration. Exactly. <laughs> Yahoo!Finance!Exclusions!Apply!See!Site!For!Details!When!It!Comes!To!Your!Finance!Is!You!Think!You!Have!Done!It!All!You!Saved!You!Have!Researched!And!You!Have!Invested!All!That!You!
Occasionally, but they are fewer and far further between. Um, you get your tw- your Twitter trolls will appear in real life at the outside Parliament, as in you'll get the most aggressive "No deal, de- we don't care if we're made poor, we don't care if we have to eat sand." Uh, those th- th- those lot they'll they'll come to Parliament. But if you if you go to a high street around the country, um, mm. there'll be reasonable people. You say, "All right, what did you want from Brexit? More control." Well, here's why Brexit means less control. Okay, I don't want that. Okay, let's let's get a vote on it. It's, it's pretty straightforward. These are reasonable, pragmatic people. But obviously, you get the worst versions on Twitter. You got a message for anybody who's just tentatively starting out on Twitter with a, an opinion that will may be attracting trolls? Um, try to in- ask questions. If, if, if you... On Twitter, I think too many people just put their own uh, view forward without really trying to understand the other person's. And it's actually called the Socratic method, whereby you ask somebody questions until their own argument falls apart. Um, and it's it's my favourite way of doing of doing of doing it. That's uh, very enlightening. I mm. wish you told me this two years ago. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah, as in they will ex- they will expose their their own um, uh, ridiculousness um, by by what they're saying. What's it called? It's, it's the Socratic method. Like, as in Socrates? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh. basically, so keep questioning and questioning and questioning. Yeah, and, and eventually it'll, it'll fall apart. Like, um, I, had, I had it with some... Uh, my favourite moment was with some guy who was saying um, basically really, really Islamophobic stuff, um, and so I just used maths on him. Um, well, how, how many Muslim attacks have there been in, in the past um, uh, couple of years? Okay, he says about maybe three in America, okay. Um, and so does that mean you should treat all Muslims because of three people? And it just, went, it just went on and on, and he eventually just started being abusive, so it was fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> Femi, you're an inspiration. It's fun. Really great. And mm. uh, it's you're a good voice on Twitter and a really good man, because you don't get emotional about it, and you're funny. I, I try I try not to, because I basically have a rule. I mean, if you get angry, you lose. Um, I mean, when I've debated at Nigel Farage, I know that his aim is to get the other person to look like they've lost control. I started listening to Nigel's radio show just because I was interested to hear, and I actually heard somebody say, if we don't manage to get our Brexit deal, we should nuke the other countries, actively <laughs> nuke the other countries. This is the sort of people that are listening to his programme. Yeah, he's, he's not inspiring the best of in people. Um, no. he, well, he, he's, he's on record as saying, if we don't get this Brexit, I'll be forced to don khaki, pick up a rifle and head to the front lines. <laughs> Do you fight a lot of Islamophobia? Uh, it's it's there, um, and it's. I mean, I was on the streets um, in the couple of in the weeks before the referendum in 2016, and a guy, I and I videoed this. He said, "If if we don't if we don't leave, then um, they're all they're all going to come in. Sharia law is what Sharia law Sharia law Sharia law will be in place in this country. Yes, it will it will be. And it's, I said, wait, but how? He said, well, they're they're trying to bring it before the courts, but but an attempt to do something doesn't mean." I can attempt to fly. It doesn't matter how much I flap my arms, it's not going to happen. Um, so there are, and the thing is, Nigel Farage's campaign was overtly racist. Um, and people say, well, his Breaking Point poster where he showed all the thousands of Syrians he said were coming here. And people, and people on our side will say that, that was racist. And he'll say, well, no, it's just a picture. And that's a problem that we don't often have the, the, the facts to back up exactly why that photo was racist. And the reason it was racist is because under EU law, the UK is completely exempt from the asylum policy. We're not part of that, which means that none of the people in his photo had any right under EU law to enter, the, enter this country. It's under national, international um, um, refugee law that that's, that's covered. Now, 
the only people who do have a right under EU law are people who look like him. (laughs) Bulgarians, Polish people, but he chose specifically brown people to scare his target audience because he thought that that would be a a more powerful message. So it was overtly racist. I wanted to, I've I've got a Muslim friend who's a producer and we uh, at one point wanted to do a program a bit like Judge Judy, mm. but with an imam sitting there, and it was going to be called "How Do You Solve a Problem Like Sharia," which we thought would be quite funny. <laughs> I think I even tweeted that. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, we thought, you know, just hey, let's just—you got to laugh, haven't yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, we've got a bunch of. I mean, people often say um, with this with the Brexit thing, just let. I mean, yes, there are ordinary people who wanted Brexit f- to make their lives better, but you've got your, ex- your extreme fringe, your far-right people like, like Nigel Farage and Tommy Robinson. And people say, well, you've got to let Brexit happen, otherwise Tommy Robinson and Nigel Farage will get back on their, ballot, on the, on their soapboxes. And my rep- response is, they, Brexit isn't their end game. They already showed their hand with that poster. I mean, they talked about um, EU, citizens from EU countries, but they were also talking about people from Syria. They're not going to stop with this. I mean, the poem, which I'm going to butcher right now from the Second World War is, first they came for the socialists, I said nothing because I wasn't a socialist. Then they came for the communists, I said nothing because I wasn't a communist. Then they came for the Jews, I was nothing because I wasn't a Jew. And then they came for me and there was and no one no left one to... Sp- Pastor Niemöller. Yeah, and there exactly. there was no one left to speak out. Exactly. And we sh- we've, we've seen that it, Nigel Farage isn't going to stop. He's just going to go further and further right. And people feel like because of Brexit, they've, they've won this hard right re-ownership of the country away from the people who they don't consider to be truly British. The past predicates the future. Mm. It's very odd that in our lifetime, our lifetime, we will see replicated what happened in the 20s and 30s. It's it's quite frightening. You just hit the nail on the head. Mm. We need to be on Twitter, people like you and Mm. the other people on this show. And it doesn't matter about the trolls because if we don't speak out, there will be no one left to speak out. Exactly. Femi. You're inspiring. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> keep talking, keep talking. How amazing was Femi? I'm so glad to have him on. Uh, really interesting and a great way of dealing with trolls and getting your voice across. There's so many more good episodes to come with some brilliant people. If you get a second, please subscribe. And very much like in acting, it's all about the reviews and the stars. Give us as many stars as you can. See you next time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com.
the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.